As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. The nice thing about the healthy eating and all of that that we're doing is it also means that we're going to have less issues potentially and hopefully as we work throughout our pregnancy, which means we get to be in control of more of what happens during pregnancy um, and during our birth process, right? If we are healthy and low risk because of the decisions that we made prior to and during pregnancy, then we get to be more in charge of those decisions, more in control of our birth. And that always feels good. Getting pregnant and giving birth are two of the most exciting things you can ever hope to experience in this life. The moment you think you could be pregnant, you're frantically searching for all the best information, which is why you're here today. I'm Stephanie King, and with my many years of experience as a professional childbirth educator, doula, and lover of all things pregnancy, birth, and postpartum, I'm here to make preparing for your birth enjoyable, empowering, and totally easy. Each week, I'll cover different topics, interview professionals, and get into the nitty-gritty birth stories from mamas just like you. And when you're ready for more, you can join me in the My Essential Birth course at myessentialbirth.com, where I take you step-by-step through exactly how to prepare your mind, body, spirit, and partner for a birth you love. So let's get started. It's time. The My Essential Birth postpartum course is here. Whether you're pregnant, just got baby home, or weeks and months into postpartum, this is the course for you. No more wondering what's normal for your body postpartum, if baby's eating or pooping enough, or how to get a good latch. You now have an all-in-one resource where you can click a topic and get the answer. Learn more at myessentialbirth.com forward slash postpartum and add it onto the My Essential Birth course for even less when you bundle them at checkout. Already in the course? Check your student library and add the course for the same discount. I can't wait to support you on your postpartum journey. Welcome back, guys. Here we are with the reviewer of the week. This week, it is Court Mess 412. She says, my new daily ritual. I went through and hit, quote, play next on all the episodes I didn't want to miss at 38 weeks pregnant when I realized the books I picked out were never going to get read. I had to be induced but had the confidence to ask for the least interventions so my waters were broken instead of Pitocin given right away. I advocated to walk around and get in the tub and ended up delivering baby without medications and not even realizing I was about to do it. This podcast gave me the confidence to believe in myself. Thank you. Thank you for your review and thank you for those listening and honestly getting the work done. You guys are killing it. I love it. Podcasts are awesome for this reason. That whole like when I knew I wasn't going to sit down and read these books, 
guess what you can do? You can pop the podcast in. And here's the thing. For those of you who are listening and maybe you haven't jumped into the birth course yet, or maybe you are in the birth course, something that I tell um, my moms, like it's great to sit down and watch the videos and look at everything that goes together. I always tell you, yes, if you have the time and you can do that, do that the whole way through. And then I want you to go back to the beginning, pop it in your ear as if it were a podcast and just listen to the information. Listen and re-listen and get the information and understand. It gives you that confidence. It's going to make you more empowered. You're going to understand what is happening with your body and how to be able to have that conversation with your birth partner and your provider to get what you need. It is so good. Like you cannot have that information on repeat enough, right? Like the benefit of me teaching about it is that it it like not reaffirms what am I thinking? It just like makes it so solid that I'm like, I remember that. I remember that, right? So there you go. That is something that you can do too, like as I'm thinking about it. Um, it's, it's something that we do in homeschooling. Like if you're not understanding a concept, teach it to somebody else, right? Or like if we're talking about sharing the gospel, like you want to, if you want to strengthen your testimony in, in the gospel, you share that testimony with somebody else. I'm going to tell you to do that, like with what you're learning on the podcast or what you're learning in the birth course. If you want to strengthen your knowledge about that, repeat it to your spouse, repeat it to your birth partner, tell it to somebody else. And it will solidify that for you, um, make it really clean and clear for you. There you go. <laughs> there is my tip for the day. This week's podcast is actually coming from a question that we got from Nancy on Instagram. She says, I've been following now for a while and wondering what tips you have for health-wise pre-pregnancy. So today's podcast is going to be kind of a quick and easy one, but I want to talk to you about how you can get your body ready for birth pre-pregnancy. If you are somebody that is listening and you are not pregnant now or you have had a baby and you are planning on becoming pregnant again, so whether it's a first or, or another baby, maybe you're pregnant right now and you're just thinking for the next time, these are all the things that can really help you set up um, a successful pregnancy so that you get to be in charge of the decisions that are being made and so that you're more comfortable and empowered as you go along during that pregnancy and onto the labor phase. So, so a lot of the things that I am talking about today um, can also be used pre-pregnancy, but they are things that I actually talk about within the birth course that are used during early pregnancy um, and throughout pregnancy as well. You'll understand as we go because you've probably heard me talk about this before. If you're in the birth course, you'd be like, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. So number one is your diet. And I don't mean like you have to be on a diet. I mean, if you've listened to other episodes, um, you know that I stress high protein, well-balanced. So that looks like 80 to 100 grams plus of protein a day. That looks like, um, as we've learned more and more here, and this will be an update within the birth course as well, as you get farther on in your trimesters in pregnancy, the farther you go, the more protein that you need for you and your baby. So really high protein. And here's the thing. If you focus on the high protein part instead of the, like, did I get enough vegetables? Did I get enough this? Did I, you know, especially when you're talking like mac macros, so protein, carbs, fat. If you're focusing on the protein part, chances are the rest is going to take care of itself. So, um, if you are not doing anything right now in the way of tracking what you are eating, here is your reminder or, um, I don't know, like, here is something to tell you. Start doing that today. Grab a piece of paper, write down what you eat for the day, 
and the only thing I really care about you tracking for the first week is your protein. Just write down every single thing you ate, the portions, and then track your protein. And if at the end of the day, it is less than 75 to 80 grams, do something to boost it. Um, have a milkshake before bed or realize that you need to add one during the day for the next day or something like that. Um, find high protein snacks. Those things are going to start taking care of themselves. But if you're not paying attention to it, if you haven't tracked it, you're not going to know. So just for the next seven days from today on or from tomorrow for the next seven days, keep track of that. And um, if you do that, and you'll notice, you'll be able to correct just in that week. And then you'll start to get the idea of what that looks like for your body. Now you can measure food uh, in the way of like weighing it. You can use like the like palm method, right? Like that's about how many ounces of whatever chicken or beef or whatever. Um, or if you do like the fist, like, okay, that's one serving uh, vegetables for you. There's a little bit of tricks that way. But just keep track of protein for the week and see how you do. Along with that, make sure that you're drinking a ton of water. <laughs> it is so easy. It's easy for me. I'm speaking for myself. It is so easy for me to not drink the right amount of water. And I don't realize it until I'm like dying of thirst. Um, and especially when I'm pregnant because I don't want to have to pee all the time. I don't want to do it. And I know, I know it's good for me. I know it's good for my baby. Guys, it's good for hormones. It's good for um, like joints. It's good for everything, digestion. But I still, anyways, I'm guilty of it. So I'm going <laughs> to require you. I'm going to recommend that you guys do that. Okay. Well-balanced diet. That means that along with that protein, right, then you can start thinking of, did I have any fruits today, any vegetables? Um, am I eating healthy fats? Um, so that would be like olive oil, um, grass-fed butter, whole whole milk, raw if possible. If you aren't comfortable with that because you're pregnant, that's totally fine. I was comfortable with raw. You do not have to be. Um, but maybe grass-fed on that side of things, healthy avocado oil, that kind of stuff, fish oil. Um, avoiding things like vegetable fats, canola oil, um, any kind of like processed whatever, right? You're not going to be perfect at it and that's okay. If the goal, is, if you're aiming towards mostly good, I find that when I'm aiming to be good and I start with something simple, like I'm going to start with all my protein and I don't know, this week I'm going to focus on all of my chicken being organic or whatever the case. I don't know, whatever that looks like for you. Um, I, what I find is that when I make a small goal like that and I start hitting it, then I can easily add in other ones. If you're going from a really unhealthy diet and you try to do just boom, like healthy out the door, you know what I'm talking about, where you're like, I'm going to go to the store this week. I'm going to buy all this stuff on this list that I got from this printout online that tells me this is what I'm going to eat this week, all my healthy whatevers. Um, and it matches absolutely nothing that you normally buy, you're going to fail. Like nine times out of 10, it's just not feasible. So you have to start, be gentle with yourself, start in little bits. Um, start with, you know, like working on your protein and then make sure you're adding in the water the next week. And then now that you've got those two things down, okay, I'm going to make sure I have vegetables with like one meal a day and then make it two meals a day and then add in fruit. So just baby steps, be gentle with yourself. It's okay to eat a cookie or a donut or whatever you want occasionally. Um, yeah, just don't be too hard on yourself. But those good habits, especially prior to pregnancy, make it really easy or much easier to continue that throughout pregnancy. And as I said, 
kind of my main thing when I'm talking to you guys about these healthy things that we're eating. Like, yes, we want to do good for our bodies and our babies. And that's usually where that mindset comes from and why it becomes such a thing that we um, are dedicated to. And it's a little bit easier, at least for myself, when I'm pregnant, it is easier for me to eat healthy. It's easier for me to be thinking about how much water I'm having and all of that because it's not just affecting me. It's affecting my baby too. But as you continue and progress along the way, the nice thing about the healthy eating and all of that that we're doing is it also means that we're going to have less issues potentially and hopefully as we work throughout our pregnancy, which means we get to be in control of more of what happens during pregnancy um, and during our birth process, right? If we are healthy and low risk because of the decisions that we made prior to and during pregnancy, then we get to be more in charge of those decisions, more in control of our birth. And that always feels good. So that is another reason to be doing it. Um, along with that, if you're taking a prenatal, As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Um, making sure that you get what you need from that prenatal every day. We've talked about this before. I can put links to a couple below, but a prenatal, it should not just be a once daily. And <laughs> like, if you're like me and I did just take a once daily that my doctor gave me and prescribed me at the time, it also made me constipated. And so then I was taking a stool softener. That was with my first. Um, I got a little smarter as time went on and I did things a little bit differently with, with future babies. Um, but they're, there are some other options there and preferably if you can a two day, um, two a day, twice a day because of how we metabolize things and pee a bunch of stuff out if we don't have what we need at different times of the day. That said, if what you can afford is what your insurance is offering and that insurance covers a prenatal and it is a once daily, then you take the once daily. Don't be too hard on yourself. Um, it's just information. Okay, let's talk about physical activity. Activity is so good for you prior to and during pregnancy. The benefit of being physically active prior to pregnancy is all those percentages for um, the risks of like preeclampsia, gestational diabetes, um, other things that can come up for you during pregnancy. The risks of those decrease a ton if you are already active prior to getting pregnant. So if I get pregnant and I start doing those things right away, it's still going to be a benefit to me. I still recommend that you do that no matter when you're hearing this in your pregnancy. Yes, you should be physically active. And the benefits can increase even more if you do that prior to pregnancy. Uh, I think it goes along with just helping, having healthy habits. Just like we're talking about nutrition, we're just creating healthy habits in the way of um, exercise and moving our bodies prior to pregnancy. So as I said, preeclampsia, high blood pressure, 
other pregnancy concerns that can come up. All of that decreases if we are physically active prior uh, to getting pregnant. And what that can look like, seriously, is like moving your body 20 to 30 minutes a day, getting your heart rate up, whether that's swimming, it can be walking. Um, I find YouTube videos. I Actually, we've been doing that at home with the kids, um, just myself and my boys, because I'm like not wanting here in Florida. The traffic is so fun. It is in my opinion, it is worse than Southern California. And that is where I was born and raised. And it's a mess there. We all know that. But like Florida, because there's been this like large influx of people, I kid you not, like our our um, gym that we were going to is just a couple miles away and there would be days when it would take over an hour to get there or back. And I'm like, I just don't have this time as a mom. So I have been doing some things online just with YouTube. And the best part about it, kind of like I said, is my kids have added in. So um there's a couple, uh, there's all kinds. You just Google it, you know, first trimester pregnancy, whatever. Or if you're not pregnant yet, then just, I don't know, 20 minute at home workout, whatever that looks like with weights, without weights, um, high impact, low impact, whatever you want. And you can do it right at home. But getting your heart rate up, um, drinking extra water during that time, making sure you have protein snack, protein, carb, fat, fiber is actually really important for a snack. Um, And yeah, you just build those healthy things. And so, like I said, start small. If you're not working out at all, great. Do it twice this week, two times, and do it for 20 minutes each time and make it a low impact, apartment friendly, at home workout and just move your body. And really what you're doing is you're creating the habit. You're just creating a habit and it will get better and better over time. And you can add more and more time and harder exercises or whatever you choose. Um, And then if you can involve other people, that will help you stay committed. Um, So if you're in the birth course and you throw it on the Facebook group, like, hey, I'm going to work out this many times this week. Like, here's my accountability. You know, that's a great thing to do. If you have a friend nearby or a family member, um, anybody that you can say like, hey, I'm going to work out Tuesday and Thursday. Will you come walk with me? Will you check in with me and make sure that I did it? Um, anything that you can do for accountability or even writing it down and like something that you can check off that um, kind of gives you that like happiness about doing it and keeps you accountable. That'll be really, really great. I think the other thing too, striving to reach a healthy weight. And I want to be really careful here. Um, I'm fully aware that I am a smaller person and that other people are built differently. And so you might be a larger mom that is listening and that might be very normal and good for your body. When I'm saying healthy weight, this this should be something you are comfortable in your skin. You can walk around comfortably and breathe com- comfortably while you walk, like going up a flight of stairs, that kind of thing. Um, however, If that is not the case uh, for you now, and that's something that you are interested in working on, all of that can happen prior to becoming pregnant. Um, I will say, so here's just the like nitty gritty of that or just like the FYI behind it. If you are overweight, and I'm not necessarily going off of like BMI because BMI can be its own little tricky thing. Like on the BMI scale, maybe not now, but typically I am like, underweight, right? Like I need to gain weight. And that is not true. The majority of the time I'm like, that's not the right weight for me. That doesn't feel good. Like I would, I would, it would be, um, it would be like counter. I'm not using the right words, but it it's not what I need. And I'm fully aware of that. So, um, I don't fully trust the whole BMI thing, but 
Um, if you are overweight and particularly severely overweight, then you are putting yourself at some of those complications that can happen during pregnancy or, or at risk for them. Again, that would be like the high blood pressure, preeclampsia, gestational diabetes, um, and an increased risk for cesarean birth, which again, not always the case, but it can be part of that. So remember, focus on that nutrition we talked about. Try and get that 30 minutes of activity a day. Um Women, it, I mean, like I said, like when you get pregnant, it's and you're like, oh, shoot, like there's another baby or there's another person inside of me. I have to like really be thinking about what I'm doing and and how I'm taking care of my body. It's actually really common for women who are like generally overweight and maybe eat a little less healthy that they they get more healthier. They'll actually lose weight during pregnancy. And obviously that would need to be done safely and with the care of a provider. But if you're losing weight because you went from eating like cheeseburgers and hot dogs four out of five days a week to eating like chicken and rice, um, then that would be a natural progression of like you're not losing weight in a bad way. That would be a very healthy way to do it. Also, if you're not pregnant yet and you're looking to become pregnant, um, the way that what I've talked about so far can affect that as well um, in the way of fertility is it can increase those opportunities for fertility. So if you've got a healthy, well-balanced diet, your physical activity is good, um, you're at a good weight, you're, you're drinking lots of water, you have a multivitamin, all of that can increase your opportunities to be able to become pregnant. We know that, you know, it, physical exercise, um, eating good foods, it affects hormones, it affects, like I had said, digestion, it affects your sleep, and all of that comes together and affects your cycle and, and that too. So with that in mind, if you are keeping track of your cycle, this is totally something that will help you when you do become pregnant. If you are not keeping track of it yet, then keep track of it now. If you're pregnant, keep track of it next time. Um, But knowing your cycle will be something that you can take with you into your pregnancy and will be a benefit to you no matter what. So you should be tracking what day you start what day you stop bleeding, and then when you start again at a minimum. If you want to get into it where you're tracking fertility, that's when you can keep track of like the different kinds of mucus that you have, like when you get that egg white mucus, any pain, right or left side, checking for ovulation. Um, You can keep track of your body temperature, checking for ovulation. I'll include a link to the podcast below where I went over like what to keep track of when you are trying to figure out infertility um, or just your best fertile windows. I dealt with some infertility, still, I guess, dealing with it if you want to count now. But anyways, um, not until I have unexplained secondary infertility. I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before, but we had three babies, no problem. And then went to get pregnant again um, when that third baby was three years old because the others were all two years apart. And I was like, I just need a little break. Um, And then tried really actively for four and a half years to get pregnant and even have since tried. And anyways, I had endometriosis surgery with a specialist. Um, I did birth control for two months. I had some like heavy clotting and other things that were going on. I did a DNC, but I did some hormones. And next to we were getting ready to like IUI and I wasn't going to go for IVF. I have three kids. I didn't want to. There's a lot that goes along with IVF. And I um. I know that for those of you that have experienced it, like it can really mess with your hormones and and all kinds of stuff. And I just wasn't willing to go that far considering for myself that I have three boys that I'm very happy with. But because we did all this test, we tested my husband, we tested me. um, They call it unexplained secondary infertility. In other words, they have no idea why I couldn't get pregnant. 
But during this time, I really did learn about my body and how to track things. Um, So yeah, I would track when I started my period and then I would temp every day. So when you are temping for fertility, you wake up at the same time every morning. Um, And so I I set mine for like 6 a.m. or something, something where like the alarm had to wake me up so that my body is still like sleeping when I go. And then you immediately put the thermometer in your mouth and it keeps track of like... um, just the temperature, but like to the second dot, tens, hundreds. Is that right? <laughs> yes, I think that's right. Um, yeah, I homeschool my kids. Don't judge. Okay, so the, keep track of that. And then you can see the spike when ovulation happens. There will be a spike in temperature for that day. And then it'll work its way back down. It stays up until like after that second phase is over. And then it drops back down when you hit your period. So Anyways, that is all good information to know. Um, The other thing that I discovered when I was tracking that, and I can't guarantee it was like this for previous, like before I had my kids, I can't guarantee that my period was doing this at the same way that it was after and I started tracking. But what I noticed for myself, um, and you've heard me talk about this before, but the way that they do due dates is it's based off of your last missed period, the first day of your last missed period. And then they say that about two weeks, they assume that at day 14, first of all, they assume that everybody has a 28-day cycle, which I never had until after my 30s. But they assume that everybody is on a 28-day cycle and they assume that everybody ovulates at day 14. Um, That is how they calculate your due date. But in my case, I was ovulating at day like 19 and I had like a 32 day cycle. So I had when you ovulate and if you get pregnant in order to hold that pregnancy, you have to there has to be at least 10 days between ovulation and when you start your period again. Otherwise, there can be a lot of miscarriage or you can't get pregnant during that um, because it's not long enough to hold on to a pregnancy because of the progesterone and everything. But what I was finding is I was day 19, but I ovulated day 32, which for me, looking back, I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense because every time I got pregnant, I would take that first response. I would buy one every time and I would take it a couple days before and be like, oh my gosh, I bet I'm pregnant and nothing would come up even on a first response until I was a day late. So as soon as my period was late, then first response would be it would say pregnant and so would the other tests. And that made a lot of sense for me because I'm like, if I ovulated at day 14 and I didn't have a period till day 32, then yeah, I probably would have showed pregnant on a first response several days before that missed period because I would have been pregnant longer. My HCG levels would have been higher longer, but I didn't ovulate till way later. Now, why is that a benefit to know that? Because if I didn't ovulate until day 19, then I couldn't have gotten pregnant until day 2021. And if that's the case, then my due date should be whatever, you know, 21 minus four, right? So we've got an entire week. It should be an entire week later um, because they're going off of the same information for every person. So if you have that information going in, then you can save yourself a lot of trouble from needing to have the induction talk at 39 weeks when you're really only 38 weeks. Anyways, if you can kind of hear the idea behind that, just knowing that is really useful. 
Now, as a side note, I'm over here like, if I was somebody that I ovulated earlier than day 14, I probably just wouldn't say anything and I just let them go off of whatever. That's just me. I'm not going to tell you what to do. But having that information is really good for you. And um, especially if you're um, a late ovulator, that can be really great to take into your birth space. Um, buy yourself a little bit of time with your provider or out of hospital midwife. Out of hospital midwives can go off of that date the date that you're ovulating rather than just that first due date, they are legally allowed to do that. Um, And I say that because if you are looking into or you are with an out-of-hospital midwife, um, most states legally, if they are licensed, they have to transfer care at 42 weeks for a mom to be in the hospital. They cannot see you after mom is pregnant after 42 weeks. Why? I don't know. Um, I'm sure I probably should look into it, actually. I'm sure it has something to do with risk and all that kind of stuff. Um, I personally think it's a little silly because (laughs) I know many a woman that has gone past 42 weeks, according to whatever date, um, and you check on mom and baby. And as long as all of that is good, there's no reason to rush anything. But And then I just think that's a lot of pressure to put on a mom, too, towards the end of her pregnancy to say, 42 weeks and now you're transferring care. You haven't seen any of these doctors or met any of these people, which maybe, you know, if you are, <laughs> if you're listening, maybe you should have backup just in case. But um, I just think that's a lot of pressure to put on a mom and a baby um, and then expect things to go really well out of nowhere. So anyways, I guess that's a soapbox for another day. So I'm grateful for this question. I'm, I'm grateful to you, Nancy, if you are listening. I'm grateful um, that you asked it. I'm, I'm grateful that we had a chance to answer it. And these are some of those simple things that you can put into practice right now. You can start doing them right now, right today. And I hope that you caught a little bit today that it's really important to move slowly. Like, don't go faster than you have strength. There's no reason for it, and it's not going to benefit you. So wherever you're at, meet yourself where you're at. Um, Add little bits in at a time in how you can improve your eating. Focus on protein and water. um, And then move your body. Like I said, if you're not moving at all, move twice this week. 20 minutes. Go for a walk. Totally counts. And I'm cheering you on. So if there are other ways that I can support and love on you guys, shoot me a DM at My Essential Birth. Uh, Connect with me at hello at myessentialbirth.com. And if you haven't left a review yet, do it. Um, I love to read them. It's I haven't stopped doing it because it's one of my favorite things that I get to do on the podcast. I like to read where you guys are at and how the podcast is working for you. So if you haven't done that yet, go leave a review. Uh, And then finally, if you are up for it, join me in the birth course. Head to the postpartum course. We've got both of those now. You can bundle them at checkout. Um, But myessentialbirth.com. And if you ever have any questions, just go ahead and reach out. But I hope you guys know I can't see you, but I am over here like cheering you on. I'm your biggest cheerleader and I love to hear from you. So reach out when you can and stick with it. You're doing great. If you loved what you heard today, the very best way to support this podcast and help other moms to find it is to leave a quick review. I read one at the beginning of the episodes and I would love for yours to be next. And if you're ready for even more pregnancy, birth and postpartum goodness, Come join me in the My Essential Birth course at myessentialbirth.com where I will hold your hand and walk you through pregnancy and birth step-by-step so you're totally prepared for a birth you'll love. See you next week.